Digital marketing can be very, very confusing. There's a lot of things going on, and sometimes I have gotten the feedback that people consider to be almost like voodoo. Uh, and I promise you, we're not voodoo witch doctors. Digital marketing is not like voodoo. There's a rhythm. There's a uh, there's a science. There's a technique. There's a process to it, and it works. And that's why I've created this series on the seven essential digital marketing tactics for law firms. Because I've talked to a lot of law firms and a lot of attorneys during my course of my career, and they've always given me this feedback that digital marketing seems very challenging, very difficult, it's hard to understand, uh, and the uh, people and the actors in digital marketing are not always clear on the metrics, and it feels like they're pulling wool over my eyes. Uh, obviously, I'm not here to bash my coworkers, colleagues. Uh, it can be challenging to get things across, uh, and I'm here to kind of clear up the confusion and things like that. So... Um, today, I'm going to focus my attention on clarifying and providing some um, a light and maybe guidance and some principles on a few things when it comes to digital marketing. Uh, like I mentioned, this is a part three of the seven essential digital marketing tactics for law firms, which means I've done two other um, episodes already. Uh, you don't have to listen to those two others to jump right in here, but it is helpful uh, so that you know what those other three uh, other two episodes covered. Uh, but just to kind of give you a little bit of an idea, uh, in the other two episodes, in, in part one, I talked about a website, the importance of a website, and how it plays the role of a beachhead. And I also talked about uh, claiming your location, uh, as well as reviews and things like that. And so, and then uh, in the second episode, I talked about SEO and content marketing, and that's where I make that comment about uh, voodoo and being a witch doctor, which kind of applies to digital marketing. Uh, and then uh, talked about email newsletter. Uh, that episode um, um, is the one that I just did uh, before this. Uh, and so this third part, I'm going to talk a little bit about social media, but most of it is going to be on paid media uh, because social media for law firms you know, it's like a gray area uh, for a lot of law firms. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but paid media is the one where it's at for a lot of law firms and a lot of attorneys. So with that, let's get started on part three of the seven essential digital marketing tactics for law firms. Welcome to the latest episode of Corner Your Market. I'm your host, Silas Kimide. In this podcast, I talk about all things digital marketing. From website design and development to SEO and PPC, as well as paid advertising, email marketing, social media, and anything in between. If you're a small business owner, a marketing manager in a company, or an entrepreneur, this podcast is for you. So tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. You'll gain some practical insights, new strategies, tactics, and tools that will help you grow your business. To subscribe, go to cornermarketpodcast.com and select the podcast app of your choice. Then you can hit subscribe within those apps. That again is cornermarketpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to like and share our individual episodes. You can also leave a review in the app once you've listened to one of our episodes. As I mentioned, uh, I've done two series, two two other episodes in this series as well. I'm going to talk today in the third part about social media and uh, paid media marketing. Right now, social media for a law firm has its pros and its cons. Right, um, I think it makes a lot of attorneys uh, basically cringe, or at least 
um, stay up at night when they think of social media. I don't know. Maybe it's just my generation of attorneys. Maybe the younger younger generation of attorneys. Maybe the ones coming right out of, right out of um, um, college or in their early 30s, uh, mid-30s. Maybe it makes sense for them to get excited about it. I know it makes sense for every firm, but for most firms, but uh, for them to get excited about it. Uh, some of the older attorneys I talk to don't want anything to do with it. I totally understand. However... Uh, think of it this way. Social media is where your audience is, right? Now, they may not be looking for an attorney in that particular moment. However, that's where they are, right? The amount of time certain categories of people spend on social media is astounding. Uh, it's nowhere, uh, um, it's, it's replaced television for a lot of young people. Uh, and so for your particular law practice, it may make sense to at least have some kind of a, of a presence in social media. I'm not saying go out there and make a TikTok video or do something like that, right? Sometimes that's all people think about when they think about uh, social media, right? So um, there's, a, there's different ways to kind of think through it, right? There's the educational component to social media, and then there is the entertainment component to social media, right? So think of it that way. You're not necessarily there to entertain. Um, and a lot of times people are not in social media just to be entertained. Uh, I think there's a certain percentage of social media that is dedicated to education. And so if you think about it in those terms for a law firm like yours, it makes sense to focus on the – it might make sense. Let me caveat that. Uh, it might make sense to do educational content answering FAQs in quick 20-second, 30-second videos, uh, maybe did-you-know series. Uh, I'm thinking video here, but it could also be Facebook updates. It could also be Instagram updates, picture updates, things like that, infographics. You know, uh, it might not be a bad idea. I mean, there's a lot of ideas. I mean, if I'm really going to sit here and brainstorm, I could come up with tons of ideas. Um, but that's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is to help you think of it strategically so that you can say to yourself, okay, social media is where my audience is. That I know. I just have to find them and I need to connect with them. And so if I put out educational content that would connect with these folks, uh, then it, there's a chance that uh, they will connect with you as well, right? So uh, there's, some, there's some challenges to that. I, I get it. Social media, it's really difficult to... Uh, target, like if your service is only in this particular city, very difficult to uh, target just for this city. So, so you might get a wild response and your video or your post might go viral, but that doesn't mean that only people in your city are, are seeing it or in your geography are seeing it, right? So you might be a firm in Maine and you might get 100,000 views in California it may or may not do you any good. Now, you know, so keep that in mind. Those, those are the cons, right? So educational content, I think if attorneys focused on educational content, uh, I think there's an opportunity there to uh, solicit a response, get some analysis, uh, get some response and things like that, get some inquiries and things like that. But uh, you do need to understand that social media is not necessarily going to be a lead gen source for you right? 
the lead gen source, the mother of all lead gen source, I'm going to talk about after social media, which is the PPC side. We'll get there. But um, in terms of the uh, educational content, we talked about FAQs. Uh, we talked about images that maybe reinforce certain things, uh, infographics, videos, introductory videos, uh, behind the scenes, uh, showcase your office, have maybe a happy client, share something, lots of things you could do there. Discount packages may or may not be relevant, referral programs, um, and things like that. Or maybe just highlight Maybe you're on the board of the big sister and big sister, um, you know, a neighborhood association or that club. Maybe you're a part of Make a Wish Foundation. Uh, so just kind of piggybacking off of some of those things can be very helpful as well. So there's ways to think about social media for a law firm. Uh, it doesn't always have to be call now. Doesn't always have to be get my uh, come in to do a um, free consultation uh, and things like that. So. Um, again, analyze your, it gives you a great way to analyze. There's lots of ways to analyze these metrics too. Facebook, Instagram, all these folks, they have some great metrics. You can go back in there and you can basically, um, look at what's working, what's not working, what kind of likes you're getting, what kind of, um, you know, comments you're getting and things like that. Uh, in a B2B situation, in a business like attorney or law, uh, I'm not going to say that you're going to get thousands of likes, I'm not going to say you're going to get hundreds of comments. You're probably going to get 5, 10, 15, 20 comments a post, uh, depending on how many followers you have and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, it can be a very useful tool uh, for your business. Think through it a little bit. You don't have to be on all social media platforms at the same time. However, there's a tool. There are tools out there, Hootsuite, Social Pilot, where you can basically uh, publish in different platforms uh, platforms all at the same time from one central location. So you don't have to log into Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and then copy, paste, copy, paste, and all that kind of stuff. You could do all of that, uh, connect your, your platforms to one platform like that, and then do all of your posting through there. And all of your metrics are centralized there as well. So that could be a great, uh, great resource for you. But again, think through the channels, that would make sense. Get a little bit of a an understanding of the primary demographics of each platform. So just to give you a rundown, Facebook tends to have an older Gen X boomer type audience. Uh, basically, grandma's looking at, uh, you know, grandkid pictures, things like that. Instagram tends to be more millennials and folks like that uh, and younger Gen Xers. Uh, I'm not saying others are not on there. I'm just giving you like a, a the peak of the bell curve here. And um, and then Snapchat and some of the other ones. There's a new one called Be Real. If you haven't heard of Be Real, check it out. Uh, all the high school kids are on it, junior high school. My, my kids, uh, uh, that's all they use. Uh, they're in high school and junior high. And that's the only reason why I know. I don't know it because I'm on there for weird reasons, but... Uh, that's the only reason why I know is, oh, Be Real went off. Be Real went off, you know. So I did a whole episode on this uh, a couple of months ago. So go and check my library on social media if if you want to learn more about what platform works for you and what what doesn't work for you. So, so anyway, so think through your audience. Think through uh, what would probably make sense. Pick a few things that would work. Give it a shot. Give it a try. 
Um, see what it does. At minimum, you'll have a good presence, a decent presence. People will find you. They'll know who you are. Uh, I don't think there's a loss there, but temper your expectations as well at the same time. Now, number seven, we talked about number six was social media engagement. Number seven is PPC and paid ads on Facebook, Instagram. PPC stands for pay per click. And pay per click is when you pay for anybody clicking on an ad to come to your website. And it's a $245 billion moneymaker for Google. And just yesterday, I was doing some, uh, I think it's 245. Don't quote me on that. Those numbers change. Um, 245 billion big ones. And obviously, companies are spending that kind of money uh, because it works. Google's numbers show that for every $1 that a company spends on PPC, they can expect to get a $6 return. That is a whopping return, right? Not everybody gets it, but that's kind of where where the numbers are. So I do want to temper your expectations. Um, I mean, those are Google's numbers. You also have to keep in mind that they're pushing this product as well. So it's kind of like saying, is this razor blade great? Oh, it's this razor blade is great, man. Everybody, you know, everybody gets a great shave out of it, right? Now, but you might be the dude that doesn't get a great shave out of it. So I'm not saying that you're going to get a one to six return, but what I'm saying is that's what Google says, right? My experience is almost in line, uh, even more for certain cases. I've also done PPC for many years um, in different capacities for different industries. And I think the highest um, ROI that I personally ever got was one for every dollar that this client spent, they got a $25 return. Uh, this was in the more early days of PPC. So 15, 20, 15, 17 years ago, it works, man. PPC works pay per click. So it used to be called Google AdWords. Uh, now it's called Google ads. That's the name of the platform. Uh, Bing ads does exist, but right. The fact that I had to mention that, you know, it's an afterthought for most people. Um, used to be, I would recommend you do 80% of your PPC on Google and 20% on Bing. But now I only push Google because I think less than 4%, I think 4% of search traffic, if, if I'm correct, 4%, maybe less, maybe a little bit more are on Bing. So the hassle of setting up and all that kind of stuff and monitoring is just not there for me anymore. So for most of the people that I work with, we stick with Google ads. So Google ads works, can work like a charm, right? Um, for attorneys, depending on the type of a law practice you're in, uh, it can be very, very expensive. Um, but that doesn't mean you're not going to get a return because, uh, depending on your law practice, your rates could be expensive as well, right? Let's not forget that. Um, so uh, the key to being successful in Google Ads is hyper-focused targeting. Um, you have to be hyper-focused. Uh, uh, you have to be focused on your geography. You have to be focused on your time. You have to be focused on your keywords and services. Very, very focused. Um, and you need to go spend, if you're going to start, a, if you talk to a Google ads person, uh, I would spend the first 30 days just 
honing in the strategy because you don't want to waste dollars, man. You need to do some competitive research as well. What are other law firms in your area, in your expertise doing? What is their offer? What what kind of returns do you think they're getting? Who You got to know your competition because um, I can't speak for all all types of um, uh, of services, law services, but there are certain ones that are just very, very personal injury is extremely competitive. DUI is extremely competitive. Um, estate planning not so concern, not so uh, competitive, but still uh, there, there's ads out there. Uh, felony competitive. Um, nursing home care not competitive. Um, so yeah, so depending on the kind of, uh, law practice that you have business B2B law, not as competitive. So depending on the tax law, yeah, not as competitive, but depending on the type of, uh, of, uh, of services that you're actually providing, uh, it's very competitive. So you need to do some thorough research. Uh, you need to determine, uh, what the cost per click is for each of your keywords. Uh, you need to do a back of the envelope calculation on ROI and ROI is return on investment. I think I've done a full episode on this as well. So uh, if I miss any details or you want to learn more, you can go back to corneryourmarketpodcast.com, go to the PPC category and you'll, you'll find the podcast there. So um, in terms of a back of the envelope calculation, this is what I would recommend. Um, make a list of all the keywords you want to go for, get all the CPCs, get a ballpark average. I know you're not supposed to do an average of an average. My math teacher, I'm a math major uh, or a physics major, math minor in college. And my and I, I would cringe if somebody did this, but it works in this situation because you're not flying a plane and we're not trying to blow things up, right? So uh, uh, cost per click, uh, the average cost per click, do an average of that. And then um, do an estimate, like a back of the envelopes estimate of, you know, if you got a 3%, maybe a 5% click-through rate, how many clicks is that? And how much is that going to cost you? So if your cost per click is, let's say, $10 and you get 100 clicks, that's $1,000 that's going to cost you. So in one month, you're going to spend $1,000. Uh, and then let's say if you have three clients that come out of it, and each service is $2,500 a pop. That's $7,500. So you just made $7,500 by spending $1,000. Very rudimentary back-of-the-envelope calculation. Do that before you do anything else. If there's one thing you need to do, that's what you need to do before you get started on paid media in any form, whether it's Facebook, whether it's um, Google PPC, you know, all that kind of stuff. So... Because the numbers are going to be intimidating sometimes, depending on your industry, right? So uh, for personal injury, um, I think this year, the average cost per lead, meaning if somebody comes to your landing page and actually uh, gives a phone call and you get a call, that's a $600 call, maybe a $700 call. That's an average number. So it could be a $1,000 call. So depending on that personal injury case and when you're going to get paid, uh, if you get five of those calls... 10 of those calls, you can see the numbers uh, numbers really uh, add up. So uh, competitive research, back of the envelope conversation. You need to have very specialized ad copy. Uh, this isn't something I would recommend you do, get a professional to do it. 
uh, write ad copies that are going to solicit a response, design landing pages that are going to solicit a response, make sure that your site links, all the things that Google offers you on the platform is taken care of. Don't leave anything empty. Um, Site links, review extensions, location extensions, contact extensions, service extension, any kind of extension there, get that thing in there. Um, do a really good job of getting variations of ads, offers, call to actions, all that stuff buttoned up. Make sure that your um, make sure that your um, quality score is really high. Now, Google won't tell you what that quality score is, but they give you a number and try to get that to be 10 as much as possible. Um, And the way to do that is good targeting, good ad copy, good uh, landing page copy, good domain authority, and a good response on your ads, right? So if you have all those things done, then yeah, you're going to get a good, good rate, uh, you're going to get some good um, good responses, right? So a little bit, you know, um, playing off of that, I talked a lot about the Google Ads thing, right? So uh, this is paid media, right? So Google Ads is not the only paid media. You also have Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising as well. Those platforms are connected. You can run, you can use the same platform to run ads on both platforms. But again, there as well, it's going to be more visual on on Instagram, so making sure you have uh, visuals that are on brand, attention grabbing, good call to action, um, visuals that can basically get people to your site, uh, to a good landing page, very important, right? Same thing with Facebook. Facebook's you got a little bit more text. You can put text at the top, put an image in the middle, and then call to action below the ad. That's kind of how it works. So you need to do that and then use their AI tools. I did a whole episode on AI on this. <coughs> so yeah, use your the AI tools that are native to Facebook and to Instagram. You can do uh, responsive ads in there, upload variations of images, upload variations of text, offers, and then they'll run different combinations of those ads and then determine which combination works the best for your audience. Uh, but that's that's very key, key as well. Monitor your budget. Don't let it, don't be, make it a set it and forget it type situation. Monitor it. Make sure that it's, uh, that it's, uh, that it's performing. Log in once a week uh, and see how the performance is doing and things like that. Um, be really, really diligent about calculating uh, the ROIs that you're getting, uh, keep track of the leads that you're getting, uh, make sure you have a very thorough uh, sign-up, a, a follow-up process, your drip campaign, whatever it is. Very important. All those things need to be in place, to be honest with you, before you even start these ads. Uh, so if somebody calls, what do you offer? How do you close that deal? Because remember, you're spending hundreds of, you could be spending thousands of dollars on this, right? So if you're doing that, you need to have a very buttoned up process to get the sale, get that thing wrapped up and buttoned up so that you can you can get business out of it, right? Uh, one thing that I would recommend is once you've got these campaigns going, I would turn on the retargeting, remarketing, as, as they say. 
I think I forget which platform calls it retargeting and which platform calls it remarketing. But uh, either way, Facebook uh, retargeting and Google uh, remarketing, same idea. Uh, allocate about 5 10% of your budget towards those. Uh, create custom audiences and do retargeting to pass visitors to your website. So somebody sees your ad, comes to your website, and then they go on Facebook, you know, then they see your ad uh, on Facebook. Uh, somebody clicks on the ad in Facebook, goes to your website, uh, and then goes to read uh, Fox News or New York Times or whatever. Uh, they see an ad there, right? So uh, things like that. Uh, or they go to Instagram later on, uh, then then they see your ad there as well. So that's retargeting, follows them around. It helps with conversion. Uh, keep the messaging consistent. Don't be too... Uh, 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 you know, um, uh, cheeky, cheeky with it or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, so do that. And I think, uh, for the most part from a high level, it should work really well. So, uh, in this final third segment, we talked about social media engagement. We talked about paid media, uh, PPC and Facebook, Instagram ads. And, and we've kind of arrived at the end here, folks. Uh, we've covered, uh, in a three-part series, the seven essential digital marketing tactics for law firms. Uh, so if you're a law firm and you're an attorney, I hope you found this co content useful, valuable. Uh, in the first episode, we talked about website. We talked about um, your location listings. We also talked about um, your um, – what did we talk about in the first episode? I'm kind of forgetting now. Uh, we talked about reviews. We talked about website, claim location pages, and reviews. In episode two, we talked about SEO, content marketing, and email newsletter. And then in this episode, we talked about social media. And then we also talked about paid marketing. So uh, I can't give you any guarantees, but if you focus on those seven things, you look at every single one of those, and you tweak. You don't have to do it all at once, but if you look at all those seven elements and you figure out ways to maybe allocate certain time and attention to improving those elements, at, uh, those different facets to digital marketing, uh, then I think that your your law firm will take a step up, will 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 be above and beyond uh, your competition. You should be able to get some good business and all that kind of stuff. So uh, with that, uh, I hope you've enjoyed it, and don't forget to like, share if you found this content helpful. Uh, don't forget to leave a comment. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. And uh, until next time, happy marketing. If you're a small business owner, a marketer in a company, or an entrepreneur, this podcast is for you. You'll become better educated and informed when it comes to digital marketing. And if you implement the strategies, tactics, and tools I discuss in this podcast, your business will grow and prosper. To subscribe, go to corneryourmarketpodcast.com. That again is corneryourmarketpodcast.com. You can also search for Corner Your Market in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast, and you can subscribe through those apps. Also, don't forget to like and share our individual episodes. You can also leave a review. Finally, I would love to hear from you, so if you have any questions, feedback, or general comments about the topics I discuss, feel free to send me an email. I will be sure to share and discuss your feedback on the air if it will benefit our listening audience. You can write to me at connect at corneryourmarketpodcast.com. Just put listener comment in the subject line. 
That email again is connect at corneryourmarketpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to being back next week. Until then, be good and do good.